Today, I'm interviewing one of our team, Kim Burgess. Kim is our developer advocate. I want to get into um, the recent award that you won for us um, as part of the team at Cisco Conference. But Kim, can you tell us a little bit about what your role entails? What is a developer advocate? Yeah, sure, sure. So this this is a role I'm really starting to try to move into now. And it's, um, I guess, designed to bridge between our internal dev teams and everyone external who works with the platform. So your partners, uh, skilled people that are running ACA Engine and want to sort of build things on it or using the APIs, but basically a, a way that you know, we can have a nice communication channel between external developers and the people that are actually building the product. Okay, cool. So you're advocating for the rights of developers to have good communication. <laughs> yeah, or more, more so like if, if there's you know, new tools that's going to make their life easier or you know, bits of info that I can sort of send back their way, making everyone's life a little simpler. So making sure we're building the right thing for developers, make sure developers have the right info to build what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, so this is a really important role in a lot of really large companies where we're trying to attract really good developers to work with, where they where they are trying to attract really good developers to work with their products. So um, yeah. pretty important role for us, especially as a, as a smaller company. So yeah, I mean, that's great. I'm, I'm really happy that we have that role and that it's you. Um, yeah, it's also yeah. great. For, it's great for our audience to understand a little bit about the role that you have at the company, but it's also nice to learn a little bit more about our staff on a personal level as well. Now you're a pretty interesting cat. You you live on a boat in the middle of Brisbane. Um, in, in, interesting is very politically correct, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you are you're a minimalist. I know this because I've seen how much stuff you don't bring when you come on a three day trip to Sydney. Um, planning a wedding, you, you're, I mean, your banter on our internal Google chat's pretty A grade. Um, I, I actually listened to this um, philosophy with, with Will Anderson podcast, and I'm going to steal one of his questions to get to know you a bit better. Do you have a philosophy? Yeah. So you, you shot me these questions, and this is one I had to sort of stop and you know think about for a second. It's, it's a good question. I. I guess if I had to like encompass it, it would be something along the lines of like a very small number of very high quality things. So normally you hear that applied like in a minimalism context when it comes to you know, material goods. So you know, focusing on that, but then also more like in terms of what I'm focusing on at any point. So in, in work I'm doing, focusing on doing a couple of things, but doing them very well and not trying to spread myself too thin across you know, lots of uh, multitasking. So monotasking is very, very nice for deep thought. But then spreading that out into other areas of my life. So, you know, relationships I choose to keep, um, you know, things that I choose to do in personal time, but just committing myself to things that matter to me or the people around me. Right. That's a great philosophy. Small number of things yeah. and do them well. I'm probably... Yeah, and, and, and high quality. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to do things of high quality, but I spread myself way too thin. Way too thin. <laughs> I think everyone does. I still do a lot of time as well, but it's nice to come back to that. Yeah, I think I could learn a lot from you. Um, now, part of your job is to go to industry conferences around the world. Is that part of your job that you typically like? Uh, yeah, I try to. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Like you, you can meet some pretty incredible people and, you know, just get to have interesting conversations or, you know, find people who are doing similar things which you might not cross over with in general life. And yeah, it's, there's, there's these little sort of pockets of, you know, creativity and incredible amounts of skill. When you discover them, it's, it's incredible to keep those connections. 
Yeah, I think you have a real talent for that, actually, because when I when I see your wrap up of the conferences that you do, even the ones that I've been to, you seem to find the little nuggets of like really good technology and really good people that you've spoken to. Whereas I've scanned the same floor as you and I've been like, nah, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, 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 it's that same thing of, of, of seeking out those little, you know, the, the, those small number of high quality things in there. Yeah. They, they, they exist everywhere. Sometimes you just need to look a little harder, but when you find it, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, can you tell us about this Cisco conference that you went to in Dallas and, and how that differs from a lot of other conferences? I know Cisco yeah. have a reputation for doing things differently. Yeah, this this was really really fun. So it was it was actually a hackathon rather than a conference type event. So they they got a bunch of people from you know, their partner ecosystem, uh, people who are deploying Cisco gear, people who build products that normally go out with it, which is how we got involved, and gave us a bunch of all their new toys. So unreleased things, um, a selection of engineers that you know, build these things, or you know, some of their developer advocates as well locked us in a dark room and said, you've got 48 <laughs> hours, go nuts, like sh show us show us what you can do. So again, that, that, was, that was incredible. We got teamed up with people that we'd never met before. Um, I was working with some fantastic people from Worldwide Technology as well as OneReach AI. We get, got given a selection of, it was yeah, just this beautiful experience of just being thrust into this room of going, here's some amazing kit, go, go play and yeah, see what you can create. So yeah, it was, Definitely, definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> did they give you any brief of like, I mean, yeah. here's the kit. Did they, they walk you through what the features were? Did they say like, we want to see what you can create, but we're going to give you these like three problems to solve or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so we had like a day of intros first up of, you know, a, a bit of background as to you know, what was new, what was exciting, possible things we could do. And there was, there was a business conference that ran, ran at the same time. So, um, you know, John was over there as, as well as, you know, uh, representations from business side from Cisco and some of the partners um, where that they all grouped together and had an ideation session and pitched a couple of ideas. We, we had two options then. Uh, we were able to take some of those ideas and run with them or were able to do our own. We chose to ignore everything that they did and just decide to build something that sounded really fun and yeah, sort of worked out. But there was, um, yeah, essentially two, <laughs> two streams split off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, 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 was, there was too many things to play with and I'm, I'm easily distracted by shiny things, so. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Now you actually won, a, you won one of the ha hackathon categories this year. Um, that's actually a really big deal. Can, can you tell us about the process and like you had to start with pitching a problem, right? So like, what did, what did you yeah. think? Yeah. So, so again, this, this was a massive team effort. I was just lucky enough to be put in a group with some you know, really nice, smart, intelligent people that yeah. were good at yes. what they did. Yes. We had nice tools as well. But, so, so, I think the internal group of, of our ACA people, and I think anybody who knows you knows you're an excellent developer. So, I mean, I'm allowed, I can, I can say that and I can put it all onto you. I'm sure that you had a big hand in what was pitched and what was done. So it's just tell us, but we get, we get it. Like, yeah, part of the yeah, that, but, but you're excellent. <laughs> sure. So, so when we were given everything to play with, the, the first thing we did was just grab, like push laptops aside and we had a bunch of brightly colored cards and we're just like writing down ideas. So just, we probably had like half hour to an hour of just, coming up with different concepts, things that were, you know, on a scale of like the most incredible thing we could possibly do, which might not have been possible in the time or with the gear that we had, all the way through to some of the worst ideas you've ever heard of. So we had this, this <laughs> yep. 
this selection spread across the table and sort of you know, went, went through a normal sort of design process of going, right, this, this is you know, some rough concepts. Let's you know, start to now sort out which ones interest us, which ones you know, might have some applicability, and which ones might be achievable in the time that we have there. So there was one, the, the concept that we went with um, was looking at, like when we're talking about workplace and you know, technology in the workplace, a lot of it's focused around you know, how, how things should work in sort of day-to-day -day activities. So you know, location services, getting people to the right place, um, you know, helping people find desks, helping people use technology to you know, achieve whatever sort of flow that you're wanting from within that organization. We looked at going, there's all this tech that is still here. There's also situations in these buildings, particularly when we have high density, so you know, towers, et cetera, there's some areas of UX that are you know, not necessarily so nice. And one of them is evacuation scenarios. So yeah. when people need to get out of a building, it's generally, like in Australia here, it's, it's quite nice because we, we practice it a lot, so people are okay with it. But uh, particularly if it's an environment you're maybe not used to, it's a pretty anxiety-inducing situation. Like suddenly alarms go off, you need to get out of there, there's people flooding stairwells, there's issues with crowd management. And then, you know, there might be some sort of sign-in process and making sure people are okay, but then that differs everywhere. So we wanted to look at the UX flow. What can we do with all the existing tech and just using software to make that process a little nicer for the humans involved? That's really interesting. So I, I know we talked about this um, briefly. In Australia, I guess we're pretty lucky that um, most of the time, if it's an evacuation, it's, it's not a shoot-up. So, you know, you've got, you've got a lot more emergencies that, that happen in these environments around, um, particularly in America, where uh, these evacuations can be pretty serious and be pretty complex. It's not like it's just a fire on a floor and you just have to lock down a particular area and then, you know, make sure that you're containing a fire. You're really can, trying to support something that's very um, ad hoc, it's definitely not business as usual. And you've got a serious problem and you've got to evacuate. And so what I like about this is that, that you're using existing tech that's in the room. Um, and it's not like you're adding extra layers to this to try and solve the problem. But so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what did you propose? How did you propose to sort of make that user experience a bit better? Yeah. So we, we tied together a bunch of different services. Um, so that you were sort of mentioning there about you know, using existing tech is, is right on point. We're, we're a team of developers and uh, UX designers. So you know, we were looking at what we could do with our skill set, what we could do in existing locations. So not having to fill a place full of new sensors, fill a place new full kit, make massive changes to existing workflow. We just wanted to make an existing experience a little bit nicer, a little bit safer, a little bit calmer. So we had uh, some of the tech that was in the room. We had a uh, full Baraki wireless setup, which provided us location info uh, from mobile devices that were moving around, so things like people's phones. Uh, we also had some of their MVSense cameras, so we had some vision analytics so we could see where people were within a uh, physical space. Uh, so that gave us two great inputs for location info for people. Um, yeah. We also then had tie-ins with things like Office 365 for calendaring, so we knew who might be in some of those spaces. Uh, we had Cisco's new uh, RoomKit minis, which have uh, vision analytics from the camera, as well as um, acoustic analytics for things like ambient noise level. Um, there was some of the guys from Schneider there as well, so looking at our base building. We didn't get a chance to time with it just because the hardware wasn't available um, on site, but looked at some of the possibilities of what we could pull from there. So you know, tie-ins with uh, some of the tech that's part of BMS, so things like CO2 sensors from a HVAC system, so we could get you know, levels of presence from 
you know, are people breathing in a space? Yep. Um, as well as things like uh, door interactions, so being able to tell when people pass through a door, if they've badged onto that door, which side where they're coming from, so we can get a movement direction from there. But basically pulling all these different signals together to be able to provide a bit of a confidence metrics of where people are in the space. So that gets really, really nice because you go into one of these evacuation scenarios and you now have a real-time view of how people are spread out across that building. So if we need to move people and there's, say, common choke points like a fire stair, you might not evac everyone at one point because you're going to run into crowding, you're going to induce more stress, and, and it's going to end up getting you know, taking long to get people out of that building. I think there's, like, some towers now are, like, in the order of hours to do an evacuation of that tower is insane like two hours from the time you have an issue there to get everyone out and safe how much of that time like any, anyone who's been involved in uh, you know, practice drills have the same experience if you go to a fire stair and you're sitting there just shuffling down waiting to get out of the building now, if you have something actually going wrong in that scenario and people are starting to push that gets to be pretty dangerous as well as just not being nice yeah. so we could do things like select great we know how that this population is spread out in the building. We, we have some density info. Let's now look at how we can manage when we're changing alertings or changing that signage. Directions that we're pointing people, are we going to fire stair A versus fire stair B and managing some of that flow. So that was... So to clarify, yep. you're taking in streams of data from a lot of the Cisco products, um, but also, yep. um, you know, using other data streams, which is, you know, what ACA Engine does pretty well anyway. Um, but then you're changing display signage based on that data to be able to direct people in a certain way. Yes, so that, that was one of the new features they brought out was uh, the ability to bring up uh, any web view on any of their endpoints. So I suddenly anywhere, a, a, anywhere where you have this, you can have you know, not just a static image saying, you know, get out of the building, evacuate now, big flashing light, but things like directional signage, which are based on where people should be moving. Any contextual info you want to put on there, it's all live. And you can push that out on the existing hardware. So that was like, you know, think things like a WebEx board, it's normally just up there on a wall, it's suddenly a signage display for evacuation purposes. Really, really, really nice. That is so nice. So for the user experience of that, the potential is, you know, people are sitting in a boardroom. Um, there might be, you know, several people in different rooms. So they're all in a, in a meeting room. They hear the alarms go off. They can actually get yep. customized signage on their WebEx boards in those rooms to say, just say put, we are managing it. Um, you know, like trying to manage that flow of getting people out of the building. Um, you can sort of say stay put to, to a certain group of people and then you people over here, you need to make your way to the left stairwell or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. But then also you're know, moving further. So you, know, you have people with uh, you know, different accessibility. So people who might not have full vision or full hearing, you can cater to those because you have you know, audio and the ability to have a uh, text-to-speech uh, coming from these units as well as the, this dynamic signage. So you can make sure that everyone in that space has the same amount of information about and you can expose things in a way that makes sense at the right time. Wow, that's really cool. So yeah. what so tell us about the win. How do they decide? What how, how do you win the category? What 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 sort of other projects were you up against and, and how did you come out? Yeah, so, so this this is why I was surprised that we won anything. So it was it was like I said, it was literally a room full of some crazy talented people with some crazy nice hardware and nice systems to play with yeah. so the the final day was um a pitch so you had to have everything ready you, you had to have you know, a proper pitch deck ready to go there was a judging team with uh, some of the reps from cisco which which came in 
Uh, we had uh, 10 minutes, including a Q&A. So again, having to you know, communicate the concept, uh, show a live demo. So it was, you know, these were all functional uh, systems which were in the room, operational at that point, and you know, be able to sort of field questions. So you know, things from like you know, privacy impact to you know, UX flows to how would you, what would be like a go-to-market strategy, etc. But there was wow. like, the, there was a there, there was a there was a range of things in there. So there was, there was guys doing uh, like UX flows of um, you know, call tracking and providing relevant info and doing semantic analysis of voice. Uh, there was people doing incredible things with interactions. Uh, so entering into a room, having, having, again, focusing on that nice UX or being able to communicate through like a WebEx chatbot as well as voice control in the space, as well as uh, direct messages to you know, mobile phones and being able to tie that together into something that made sense for their use case and what they're doing in the space. But there was a, there was a massive selection using an insane amount of tech um, and yeah, a whole bunch of incredible ideas. We were just yeah, lucky to be able to convince the uh, judging panel that ours was a nice one. Yeah. So what do you think was the difference? Do you think it was that whole concept of really thinking about a problem that's not business as usual? Um, that's not I, a day-to-day -day problem. Yeah, I think that's part of it. There's a lot of unexplored use cases out there when you look at things which might not get all the attention all the time. Mm -hmm. um, then the other thing is obviously yeah, we had a full-time UX designer there as part of the team doing, you know, what is the actual user experience of this? I think that's an important thing in any product development of not just going, great, this is some stuff we can do with the tech as developers and this is what makes us excited from a technical side, but let's actually, you know, figure out what the issue is we're trying to solve first and, you know, design some possible approaches, go through yeah. a workshop, you know, why they might be good or bad and then continue to go, great, we know what we can do from the tech side. We know what might be, you know, a nice experience for users. Let's see where those two could be. Oh yeah, UX designers are so crucial. We're learning that more and more in every single project that we do. What I also like about this is that it sounds like it's kind of like elevated the status or, or is status the right word? Maybe not, um, but elevated the, the how, how people see developers. So you've got a company who's not just asking you to develop something in tech, but they're asking you to develop something that's got good user experience, then tell us how to pitch it, then tell us what the like, go-to-market strategy is, tell us all the privacy implications. So it's, it's not just developing in a silo anymore. It's really, you know, I, I guess that there's this expectation of really good developers to have all of these considerations in mind um, because if you're experienced, it's not just playing with tech. It, it, it really is... Um, it's about designing and developing for that enterprise grade solution, which this seems yeah. to have all of those considerations in place. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why I said I was just lucky to be on an amazing team as well, because th those sort of skills are not something which one person always has. When you have a team Definitely. of people with different viewpoints and different skill sets, that's where you make nice products. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Um, where did you get the inspiration for the idea? And do you think it's something our clients would potentially be interested in? Do you think yeah, they're ready? Yeah. So, I know they'd be interested <laughs> in it. My, my question yeah. probably would be, do you think they're thinking about it? Do you think they're ready for it? Yeah. So, so when, when this idea was written down on one of the cards and I saw it on the table, I got super excited because we actually did an event recently with one of our partners mm -hmm. and it was a similar sort of thing, a little internal hackathon event where they gave some of their teams the ability to go, great, you have you know, a couple of couple of days. Here's some things that you can might want to play with. Show us what you build design a nice experience for that and then pitch the idea there was a very similar idea pitched in as part of that and those guys had some you know fantastic approaches and some you know like some really nice workflow built into that so when this came up i was like 
fantastic. We we can keep evolving those ideas. We can continue this and push it out with you know, some of the different tech that's available in this use in, in this case, and then you know be able to see how far we can take that idea and continue to involve it. I think that's that's one of the nice things in this area as well is, is where you you know you see some of these solutions and you go that's that's really exciting. That's you know that's a really nice approach. That that's how see how we continue to tweak and improve that. Which again is the nice thing when we're talking software and you know software for built environment. It's not it goes in and it's done. We can go, it goes in, that's one idea. Let's now see how we can continue to develop that and evolve that. Yeah, for sure. And do you think clients are particularly ready for this? I I, I haven't had anyone ask me really about um, yeah. what's your evacuation system, what can you do with your technology in the cost of an evacuation? Because I think the clients I'm talking to, a lot of the times they're talking about the user experience of you know yeah. the attracting talent, the, um, the how to make people's days easier, not necessarily on the side of emergencies and evacuations. Yeah, exactly. And this, this, is, this is why it was interesting because it's not an area that, most people do spend a lot of time thinking about or want to spend time thinking about, but it is an important part of built environment. Like when we're all working in, you know, very tightly packed spaces and, you know, have to deal with these situations occasionally, it's nice to have this design-led approach all throughout. So whether that's, you know, how you sort of approach the building on a good day and how you interact with it versus, you know, what, how that building can help serve you when you may need to deal with some of these less than ideal situations. Yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about the developers and the partners um, as well. We, we have a few clients already you know, with ACA Engine. They use it for more basic functions like room booking or visitor management, AV control. If a client already has ACA Engine, what skills do they need to build on top of that to do what you just did? So, so what are the necessary yeah. skills of the developers? Yeah, so there's, there's two real methods for integration. Um, one of them is extending the platform itself. So you know, building in integrations with new systems, uh, you know, whether it's hardware, software service, et cetera. So that's the building drivers. And that's that's a large part of what I'm here to help out with. Is, you know, so building ACA engine drivers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's basically a way to instruct ACA engine how to you know, interface with some sort of new service. I have no idea what that is, but we have a framework that lets you uh, set up these interfaces and you know tie more of these components together. Mm -hmm. So the second one is then just using the APIs. So part of what ACA Engine does is bring all these different services, devices, you know, bits of this physical space together into one way that you can communicate with it. So you know, having the concept of being able to interact with a room versus the equipment in that room or having the concept of being able to locate a person in a building versus having to reach out to a Wi-Fi tracking system, look up MAC addresses, look up IPs, resolve that, you can just locate a person. When you have that, you can start thinking about, you know, some of these higher level solutions of going, great, I have all these base functionality now, what can I build with that? And you can use ACA just like any other web service at that point to build your apps on top. So, you know, if you're building a mobile app, building a web app, uh, building other backend systems, analytics platforms, et cetera, you can hook into this as a data source as, as well as a way to interact with physical space with you know, normal sort of development tools. Right. Okay. Um, do you think that that's something that a lot of our clients have where they, where they have that skill, those skills in-house? I, I think increasingly so. There's, you, know, you have a lot of organisations will have things like an automation team which is yep. look, looking at, you know, ways that they can you know, use some of these approaches to tie together different bits of workflow. What's nice is when you have, you know, some of these systems already integrated, you can then start looking at ways you can automate physical space and interactions with that physical space. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Um, where can people get more information about this? Oh, that's a loaded question. 
<laughs> I know that you're if you just head to, head, to, head to this link that's flashing across the bottom of the screen here. <laughs> so, so, so we're in the middle. I always want to say in a podcast. <laughs> done, done. I feel like um, I'm a so, true so, podcaster if I, if I can say that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the sponsor spot, I think. It's... Um, so, so we're, we're trying to pull a lot of this info together into one resource uh, at the moment, which is just docs.acaengine.com. Uh, so that's, you know, development guides on how to spin up uh, building go your own drivers, API docs for how to interface with an existing system, architecture info, basic introduction into like how to manage systems, expand systems that you might already have or might be wanting to build. But some of those questions of how do I dot, 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 we can hopefully answer there and then if you need more info that's what i'm here for as well so i can pop my contact details in the show notes and if anyone has queries feel free to hit me up okay great um thank you so much kim congratulations on the award because that is just i don't know i, I think sometimes you know I, I deal with the university of sydney for example they've been a long-standing client and i think um you know, they they see they see our engine as excellent, and they love how it's evolved over time, and they're expanding it as they go. But even then, I think they still forget that we're still on this you know world stage and using world's best products and practices, and actually doing some really really cool things that um just haven't even been invented yet. So, for you to win this award, really you know it really shows what the engine can do, what our team can do. Um, it backs up a lot of the concepts that we're, we're sort of talking to people about throughout the sales process. Um, so yeah, just really stoked that you did this. We've got a really, really good buzz around, um, around the office because of, yeah, because of this award. So congrats. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you can see that you've got like a, a passion for it and you know, you've got a passion for helping developers get there too. So I think it's only onwards and upwards from here. So yeah, thanks for taking the time to give us all a little bit of information about the conference and what was achieved. And um, yeah, we'll pop those contact details in there and we'll be in touch with you. Definitely. Thanks, Kim. Cheers. You're a legend. See ya. You Have a good Cheers. day. Bye. <laughs>